well, welcome everybody to uh, another episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast. I put on Twitter at halftime, dearie, dearie me, it didn't get any better. The final score in the Caribou Cup third round tie, it finished City 1, Lincoln City 3. Their first visit here since 1986, funnily enough, when uh, Stevie Neville scored for us and uh, Devon White, prior to his Rovers days, scored the equaliser. And uh, they'll remember their uh, trip down here for a long time, particularly as it came on the back of their FA Cup humiliation. Um, was it a humiliation for us last night, Ian, against uh, this team? Yes, it was. Uh, there's no doubt. Da- there's no doubt about it. It was not just the result um, and the, the game in context of the season won't be very important apart from the fact is Gary Hours pointed out last night, uh, pointing out to me last night was um, it would have been great to get a big club in the next round uh, because it would have been a, a good night at Ashton Gate in a, in a season that's let's be honest, it is not going well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it was an embarrassment. It was a humiliation, uh, particularly after Lincoln got beat one nil by Chippenham. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't. I hope we don't have to play Chippenham soon. But um, yeah, it, it was uh, an unacceptable. It was one of those unacceptable performances. And I think you I, said on Twitter, Ian, that there've been about twelve of those in the last eighteen months, mainly away. But that was as. That was an away performance at home, really, wasn't it? Some of those bad away ones that we've uh, seen all too many of, yeah. It was a, it was a twelve, uh, it was twelve last season. Right. Um, that was the. It was twelve last season. That was the problem. There have been other unacceptable performances this season. Two, I'll give you off the top of my head, is uh, Birmingham away in Millwall at home. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, yes, it is unacceptable. And no matter what team we put out, and the team I would have put out would have only been slightly different. Well, just talk, I was going to come on to that, Ian. Let's talk about the teams, because what I want to do today is say it's just you and me. We we'll talk about the game. Yeah, so we go through that. But you did start off saying, I heard you say it on Radio Bristol last night, that it was pretty much the team that... Uh, you would have predicted. So where were the differences that between your prediction and what Nigel selected? Well, there were some key ones. I would have had uh, Masengo uh, in midfield instead of Kaji. I would have had Viner uh, on the right of Lowe and I'd have played Lowe in the middle of the back three and I'd have had Bentley in goal instead of Bajic. Right. Ap- apart, apart from that, it's the, it's the team that I would have picked. And yeah. after, well, last night, yeah. after last night, it made made up my mind about um, a, a, a certain young player who I, I think will be out, or I hope, will be out of the club in, in in January. And who's that, Ian? Since you're talking, Antoine Semenya. Oh, oh, we we'll come on, we we'll come on to him later. I mean, it's interesting that you say, you know, that there's only three players. Budget, as somebody said this on the Kiwi Collins said on the forum, only three players, Budget, Low and Kaji, are not regular first team players. So it's still a very strong side. And somebody's added to that by saying Budget, Low, Kaji, not ready. Close finished, King nearly finished, 
Martin finished. Numero uno has said that. Um, you know, is that harsh criticism of Close King and Martin? And uh, I have to say, you, you made the point there, Ian, about Lowe being made to play right side. Lowe has been a success for the under-21s playing in the middle. And an experienced player like Close, he has played on the right for us, right? Okay, he has a preference for playing in the middle. But that right side of an off-form Close, low out of position and Sykes showing what he is, which is a bang average League One player. Lowe didn't have a chance, really, did he, over there? That was unfair. It's, it's harsh on him. Well, Clo- Closer can only play in the middle or the left. He can't play on the right. We tried that in pre-season. He was awful playing on the right. right. So that's why I would have played Zach Viner in his normal of position. Yeah. Um, on the right of the back three, and um, I would have uh, given low. I would have given low a try. I, that was a, he was in the, the team that I said we could play. Now that was eight changes from the team on Saturday. So we'll call the team on Saturday the first team. Okay. Yeah. Now last night there were six Nigel Pearson signings in that team. Now that's mm-hmm. very unusual because normally there's only two or three, and I'm including Andy Vyman as a re-signing. Yeah. All right. You, it's arguable. Did he sign him? Well, he was already here, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll call him a Pearson signing because he kept him. So if you look at the Pearson signings, you've got Badgett, Close, Atkinson, King, Sykes, it, all in that team. Yeah. So it, 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 that's unusual. But it's when Nigel's saying, I'm only going to sign players. Um, that are better than what I've already got. They're better than what we've got. Then why, why, for example, I think at Middlesbrough, we only had two of his signings, or possibly three, correct me if I'm wrong, in the starting eleven, And then he's playing people like, I mean, Semenyo can't know if he's coming or going. One minute he's right wing back, then the next minute he's back up front. But I'm ever so sorry you can't have one eye on, or sorry, both eyes on the World Cup and not put it in. And last night, I don't think he put it in. Oh, he's got some pelters on there. He pulled out of a couple of challenges in front yeah. of the South Stand. And from yes. an ability perspective, he had one that he should have tucked away. Okay, it went the wrong side of the post, but that was, you know, he hit it up, but he should have found a target. At least tested the, uh, at least tested the keeper, and then he did one of his lashings over the top. Uh, in the second yeah. half when we were uh, chasing a game. Um, okay, look, we've looked at the starting lineup. I mean. Lincoln came into this on the back of uh, that <laughs> embarrassment at uh, Chippenham. Um, let's look at the start of the game. I mean, <clears throat> the goal, the first goal for them, six minutes, Matty Virtue on loan from Liverpool. Yeah, uh, It was a good strike, wasn't it? But again, it stemmed from weakness on that right side. But it was a good strike and you can't take that away from them really, can you? Yeah, or did we just give him too much space? Because there just seemed to be acres of it over there in front of the Dolman. Well, it was it was a great strike, but we left him in a lot of space. We didn't close him down well enough, quickly enough. So yeah. I'm I'm of the view that sometimes you just got to put your hands up and say, "Yeah, good goal." We've been really pleased. You know, if we'd have scored a goal like that, because we rarely yeah. score from outside the penalty area, um, you 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 say, "Well." Okay, put your hands up. Great strike. Let's go up the other end and equalise. Um, so, I mean, what Pearson said last night, and and this is, I think, fairly damning. 
uh, is similar to the comments he made after the Swansea game away, which was one of the unacceptable ones last year. Yeah. Uh, we had players who basically copped out. I've written that down, really, yeah. And lack of moral fibre. We don't really have a competitive squad in the way we had hoped. Uh, now, hope is, and this is a saying I use quite a lot, hope is a triumph of wishful thinking over realistic expectation. Mm. Okay, it's no good hoping something's going to happen. That isn't being, well, it isn't being properly positive. You've got to be positive for reasons. And and that's a big disappointment, he said. He went on to say, we've clearly got players who are not showing enough moral fibre, guts. I take responsibility. It's my team. My team, yeah. So, you know, he's been here 18 months. His record is dreadful. And his record is, I mean, his record in the cup, he's played five cup games, uh, one, two, lost three. Mm. Um, and in the league, his, his record is, well, it's even worse. Now, it, it, his win rate since he's walked through the door is down to 29%. I know. Now, I, I, I find know. it unusual in the championship that a manager with that record is still in a job. All right. Um, Let's we talk about that because it is, you know, we're at that, you know, I think Exiled Robin ran a poll and it was get rid of him now, get rid of him if we lose against Watford and it was still thirds of the fan base based on that. Let's stick with the game. The second goal, um, Poor old Joe Lowe, uh, a successful, a member of that successful under-21 team. But, uh, you know, you don't get time even with a League One side to dwell on the ball like he did. Um, What did you think of that second goal on 15? Well, this comes down once again to him playing in an unaccustomed position to the right. And the pass left him a little bit short. As, as did his control. He, you're right, he did take too long on the ball. There's no getting away. But it's a similar goal, a bit higher up the pitch, but it's a similar goal uh, to the one we conceded um, to lose two points at Blackpool away. Mm. So, you know, d- when you're in a situation like that, don't put the bloke under pressure. It was good pressing from their forwards, and away they went. Um, so... Whether when he, he got through, Lowe should have taken one for the team and brought him down and been booked even earlier, um, I, I don't know. But there was no cover and uh, we were quite high up the pitch. So, mm. yeah, it, it, he, it was bad for the kid. He then got booked and Pearson had to take him off to protect him and I'd have done exactly the same. Yeah. So whether yeah. I, whether I'd have made, I mean, I, I suggested five changes at halftime because I thought we had absolutely nothing to lose. And, well, and we we'll talk about we we'll talk about the changes. I mean, Tomo. Yeah, Tomo said on here, and he watches all the under twenty one games. He covers that, so he's got an informed opinion there. Because none of us, I'd never seen Joe Lowe play before, other than that cameo substitute appearance at the weekend. But uh, Tomo said it, he's just not ready. Yeah, and he's probably like a Riley Towler. He needs to go out on uh, loan somewhere. But Ian, you said you'd make five changes at halftime. He made three, a triple substitution. Off went low, close, and Sykes. That's the whole of the right side. On came Conway, Williams, 
and Viner. I mean, we lined up in the second half, correct me if I'm wrong with this, and then so the back three became Viner, King and Atkinson. Yeah. yeah. Viner at right wing back, Jada Silva at left, Scott and Williams as a midfield, midfield combo, um, and then Conway, Semenyo and Martin up front. Still a lot of experience in there, isn't there? But it got off to the worst possible start with that, I'll call it, match-clinching goal on 49. But the half-time subs and the goal. Take us through that, Ian. Well, he had to make some changes. Um, it was inevitable. And uh, he he's made those changes. Um, I think closer is one of the ones he was talking about, lack of moral fibre, which for a very experienced player, um, to me, closer is half the player he was last season. And he always, um, uh, he, he was he was a good player last season. He, he played a major part in us staying in the division. This season, for whatever reasons, whether it's personal or whatever, whether he got an injury that he might still be carrying, he's bang off his game. Um, and if you look at the the third goal, I mean, forty nine minutes. Terrible time to con- well, it's terrible to- any time's a terrible time to concede when you're two 0 down. But that just put the game to bed, and O'Connor had very little to do to head it in after a mm. scramble from uh, a decent free kick that we seem unable, incapable, incapable of putting a ball like that into the box, don't we? Yeah, yeah, no, that we do. was it. That was a you great free it. kick, wasn't it? That that's what created the chaos. Was the bloody free kick? Yeah, I mean, look. You've, we've tried Scott on them. Uh, frankly, he's hopeless. It, it, most of them. It, I mean, he's put over the odd good one, but God, for player visibility, I mean, he, he's not getting him in it over over knee height sometimes. Mm. Um, Matty James, yeah, okay. Um, but this is one of the problems that we've got with the team. That there's, if you look at the midfield, it's fairly one paced. Apart from Scott, I would say. Um, yeah. And it isn't a defensive midfield. It's not an attacking midfield. It doesn't assist, create or score. No. So and that points a big finger. Sorry, and that points a big. Sorry, and that points a big finger at Williams because he was a signing under. I'm going to say Mark Ashton because Mark Ashton was still here when we signed Joe Williams, and he was this big thing, you know, that was going to make a big difference. I mean, he has been a disappointment, hasn't he? I mean, we said that on Saturday. You know, we thought Saturday, Scott, um, Williams and James in midfield. You know, last night, you know, well, it was it was a shambles. But Williams, he, he, he's, he's everything that you've just said. Well, he's everything you've just said, which is like, doesn't create. Okay, he scored one goal. But Scott is the only breath of fresh air we got in that middle of the park, isn't he? Yeah, yes, he is. But we, we, we don't get too much we don't get enough creativity goals and assists from a player of his ability now that could be because of uh, the players around him perhaps they're not good enough um i i think he one of uh, you know i'm not slagging the kid off i think he's a good footballer but uh, another thing is he always wants an extra touch and he gets caught in possession yeah so you know if if you look at that poll on twitter um, if you look, if you add together the people that want him out and the people that want him out, if we lose Saturday, it's about two thirds. 
Yeah, so no, I just said that. I can't, yeah, I can't see how somebody, somebody can be, oh, yeah, I, I totally support Nigel. But, anyway, but if he loses Saturday, he's got to go. Well, hang on a minute. You can't, you, 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 you can't be doing that. Um, but my, my view is Saturday's become a most, must win, not because of last night. But because we dropped down to twentieth, well, because of the results um, that took the results well, that took place last night, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, you, know, well, you couldn't get a worse batch of results than what happened last night, could you? I well, mean, West look at Ball, this: look, Blackpool nil, Middlesbrough three, Cardiff yeah. two, Hull three, Wigan yeah. lost. Okay, Coventry have got games in hand. Huddersfield won at QPR. Uh, sorry, yes, right, yeah. Rotherham won at Sheffield United. Stoke won. You know, it's just, geez, you know. And then looking at the fixtures. It is possible on Saturday that if we lose to Watford, if results go against us, we could be in the bottom three. And that is Nigel, the exact opposite. He said, going into the World Cup, he threw the players a challenge of let's finish in the top six. And we were, if we weren't in it, we were one place off it when we had the last international break. I mean, you know, it's just going to send, well, everybody is in meltdown already. Um, let's just wrap up on the game, Ian. Um, Conway came on and... I, I thought Conway um, and Alex Scott, I thought they made a difference. I mean, Andit Smith, one of our critics in certain circles, he said Conway was a positive as well. Yeah, I thought he was. And he got that goal. It was at the second attempt um, from Scott's cross. But it was, it, was just, it was just too little too late, really, wasn't it, Ian? 80 minutes on the clock. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look... The game wasn't won and lost in in the last in the second half or whatever. We drew the second half one all, but yeah. we're playing Lincoln, right? We, we weren't playing Man City. We were playing Lincoln, and once again we dominated possession, sixty five percent possession. We yeah. had more shots than they did. Sixteen shots, three on target, twelve corners against their zero. Exactly. So we had enough of the ball to win four games. But three shots on target out of 16, that screams at you, low quality. Yeah. You know, because anybody can have a shot that goes 10 foot over the bar. I, I can do that the age I am now, never mind when I was fit. And I could, I was, a, <laughs> I was, I was never going to get in, I was never going to get in City's team, but it, at least, you know, I could hit the target with a shot from 10 yards. Most people can. Um, yeah. And it's a point that Brian Tinian made on Saturday. When he said, "Look, you you stick me on that field and put me in twenty five yards of space, and I'll knock the ball about." Still now, so yeah. is there's a real? I think there's a real problem because um, I, I mean I don't like to talk about oh he's lost the dressing room because we don't know, uh, but it it it's not. There's too many times we do something like this, and the reaction afterwards ain't all that positive. It's no. not like we bounce back and win three or four on the trot. I can't remember us doing that under Pearson. Somebody, you know, please correct me if I'm wrong. No, we if, haven't. If, if, we haven't lost three on the trot under Pearson. And we're not going to do one, that even if no, we Dave, you mean, Dave, you mean one three on the trot, don't you? Oh, not one three on the trot. Good God, no. No, what you just we? said we lost. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I don't know for sure. But even under Lee Johnson, he used to have these streaks, didn't he? I mean, he used to call himself Lee Streaky Johnson. With well, oh yeah, we won one five or six on a trot. Oh look, we just lost nine. So and it was interesting. I cut. Sorry, sorry to jump in there, Ian. It was on a thread, one of our threads last night. But uh, 
Streaky Lee lost to Aberdeen at the weekend 5-1, but lost 0-2 at home to Ross County. And I don't know if it was on the fans forum or the journalists, but it said a cast of thousands, but with no real direction in terms of where they're going. And I don't know how many players he signed up there, but it was sort of somebody put on the comment, heard it all before. But let's not talk about Streaky Lee. You know, we, we, we've got we've got to talk about, you know, the Watford game and beyond that. Ian, I just want to pick individual player performances here. We already said about Semenyo, who, you know, you wouldn't get two million for him now, never mind 20 million carrying on like that. And as you say, he missed a chance and then he pulled out a two. 50-50. So I think we've done him to death. Did we see enough of Bajek in goal last night to form any view of him at all, Ian? Not really, I don't think. Um, I, you know, I don't think you just saved the first goal with two goalkeepers. Um, no. I, I would, I, you know, once again, he's obviously got a th- what you might want to see Bajek. But it looks to me like he's got a thing with Bentley, the same as he's got with Masengo, where he won't sign a new contract. And well, for yeah. that, yeah, I only, I only want people here who are going to stay here. Well, yeah, but you're still playing Semenyo. And, um, well, and what about Jada Silva? Because the next question I was going to ask you, Ian, Jada Silva, right? He's not being offered a contract. So does that excuse him from being offered one that he turns down? And if he did that, then he wouldn't play, like you just said, with Masengo, who should have been in the 18 last night, and Bentley, who may have been, yeah? But are you surprised that at some stage, well, are you surprised Jada Silva stayed on for the whole 90 minutes and you didn't give Campring a go on that left side? No, I would save Campring for Saturday, and depending on who's fit, Campring, if if Atkinson's fit, Campring's my left wing back, uh, because we just yeah. we just need more going forward than Jay ever gives us. I mean, we've got somebody pointed out on here earlier on. We've got two wing backs who don't. And and I'm, I'm, I'm including them in the midfield. That you need goals and assists from your wing backs. It, and, and that's it. If not, play with a, a flat back four and play five in midfield and, and do it that way. You know, play to silver left back and bring in front of him wide. But um, I, I'm, it, it's difficult for us because we haven't got a natural one to play up front if we play a four, two, three, one or something well, like that. You, you say that. You say that, Ian. You, you were there at that senior Reds lunch when we were chatting to Brian Tinian and we were saying there's no replacement for Chris Martin and he piped up with Tommy Conway, yeah? And Tommy, the last few games that he's played, he seems as though he's got his mojo back a bit. And this is the whole thing now, this bloody fixation that some people have said on here, three five two. you know, it ain't working. Let's you and me try and construct, or I'll try and construct a side for Saturday Right, and you tell me I'm crap with what I'm saying, but I'm thinking it comes back to that four-five-one that you've just said, right? So Saturday, Max O'Leary's in goal. We agreed on that, yeah, yeah. We agreed on that, right? So if we're going to do a four across the back, right? Again, subject to fitness. Ain't going to like this. I'm going to put Viner at right back. Um, I'm going to put. Um, Again, it's a fair available fit. Well, Atkinson's got one of the jobs there. He's in there. And at left back, I'm gonna put um 
I'm going to put Pring. All right, now, who do you put right of Atkinson? You ain't got much choice, really, because you can't, because what's his face is suspended. You've got to play close, but I don't think, reading between the lines, that he's ever going to put a City shirt on again this side of the World Cup, <laughs> maybe this side of Christmas. Who's your, who's, your, who's your fourth in a four? Do you put Andy King back there? No. A bit of experience? No. I, th I think you said it yourself. We haven't got any centre-backs, so you have to play closer. So All right. So that's your back four of closer, right? Okay. Up front, I'm going to go with a one, and I'm going to put Tommy Conway up front. Yeah. Did you see? Well, and then, let me hang on. on the right. Hang on. Hang on. On there. Go on. Let me finish. Well, not, let me finish. Let me let me add to it. Right. Wide on the right, I'm going to have Vyman. Yeah. And then in the middle, I'm going to put um, I'm going to put James. I'm going to put um, Scott. And I'm going to put Williams. And that leaves one slot. Now, you said you could play Jada Silva at, at, at left back and put Pring across there. Do you put Semenyo there? Mm, I'm minded to go maybe with what you said and stick with Jay at left back, even though I don't think he deserves it. Chris said, Chris Honor sent me a text earlier today saying the players were a disgrace last night. And I know he said pre season that Jada Silva, you know, was somebody that had the talent needed to step up. Um, he didn't, he, he's offered very little. So there we go. We put Cam Pring. All right. So Max O'Leary in goal. Uh, Viner, Close, and Atkinson as a three because there's nobody else. In the middle, across the middle, Viner okay. playing Hang wide on, on the right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You were playing with whoa. the back four just sorry. now. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, Ian, you're right. Sorry. Viner, Close, Atkinson, JDS. That's your four. Yeah. In the middle. Vyman playing wide on the right. James Scott Williams campering on the left. Tommy Conway up front by himself. Bit harsh on Naki Wells, yeah? But what's wrong with that side? And anybody who's listening on here, you know, put on the text. What is wrong with that side? Because that fundamental, that is a change from what Pearson is fixated with. And he's like, what's that phrase you use about Einstein a lot, Ian? You know, you keep doing the same thing. And, well, it ain't, it ain't getting results, is it? We're conceding just far too many goals. But what would you well, change got, about that? He's, he's, he's got another one that says you never solve a problem with the thinking that created it. Uh, and I think that's the place that Pearson's got himself in. Um, yeah. I, I mean, we haven't been playing, not being pedantic but we haven't been playing 3-5-2 in the same way we played it under Cox we've been playing um 3-4-1-2 mm. um and the, the problem is if if you it's how you play as well it's not just say well we'll play this formation it's how you play yeah if, if you play um with wing backs you've got to get them high up the field on the ball facing goal crossing the ball right now the fact that Sykes and um, De Silva aren't creating or assisting, and neither are the rest of the midfield. Let's not just pick on the wing backs. You've you've got five in midfield there. Um, 
I mean, the only one that you could say is likely to score a goal is Andy Vyman, and you're playing him wide right, where I think, can he play there? Yeah, he can. Um, well, he's he, gonna, wing, he was playing right wing back at the for most of the game yesterday. It was second half, wasn't he? Yeah, but the the problem with that, that, that we're doing that that Vyman and Semenyo is as wing backs is an antic. It's not a tactic. It's not. It didn't yeah. work. And when I, I very rarely, as I've said before, disagree with Nigel Pearson's assessment of a game after the game. He's not one of these managers who talks to you about a game and you're there and you think, well, that's not the game I saw. Um, Mm. And we've had a few of them. Uh, But I strongly disagree with him on Saturday when when he went on about a battling. Because when you're saying, well, it's a battling performance, what you mean is we tried hard. Now, that's the the minimum requisite that somebody Mm. should try and do well, right? Try. You're not always going to be able to do well. and, And that's in life. As, as well as in football. And footballers are human Well, that's being. like the game against Norwich, wasn't it? We lost that game at Norwich and there were no complaints, not even from us. There were no complaints at all because we put in a great performance and it was only marred by the defensive liability that Cal Naismith is. Let's not get away from that fact. Everybody's calling for him to come back, but he's been culpable in two goals there, for example, and against Blackpool, to name just three. And against Sunderland. Uh, so and against yeah, so so we know that he's got mistakes in him at the moment. Um, I think if he let's let's say they were all fit tomorrow, I think Naismith would be backing in the middle because I think Pearson likes him, trusts him, and he's one of his signings. And he does he can for one thing, he can take a decent free kick, which we've lost. Yeah, well, you, and if he was fit, and if he was fit, Ian, if he was fit, if he was fit. You'd have probably put Cam in that formation. I give him. You put Cam at, at, at left back and put um, Naismith on that left hand side that we've mooted a couple of times uh, before. Well, I, I don't yeah. think what you've. I don't think. I mean, if you look, you've got the same central midfield um, and one of the wide players as we did against Burrow, and it just didn't work. No, but uh, if you look at that, that side that I've named there, listen, Ian, sorry, if you look at the side there, if if Campering, sorry, if, if, if Naismith was fit, Campering drops to left back and then you switch it, it becomes a 4-4-2 because Vyman goes up front alongside Conway and then reading right to left, you have Scott, James, Williams, Naismith across the middle. And that looks pretty tidy in my book. That's a 4-4-2 then. Hang on, you're talking about playing Naismith left back and in midfield. No, no, I'm talking about Cam Pring at left back, yeah, and Naismith in the middle. So if everybody's fit, if everybody's fit, right? Max O'Leary in goal, say, because Bentley's on the naughty step for not signing. Um, and then a back four of Viner, Callas, if he's fit, Atkinson. This could be this let's say this is a lineup against Rotherham when we return. Viner, Callas, Atkinson and uh, Pring in the middle. Scott, James, Williams, Naismith up front, Vyman and Conway. Now, I think everybody who's listening there would look at that and think, well, I don't see too much wrong with that. But he doesn't play that 4-4-2 formation. Well, it's about time he bloody did because we're conceding too many goals, aren't we? Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with the fact we're conceding... um 
many goals and you can make a formation uh you can make any formation i i did some the other week just for fun and i th- i think i had five on there everything from 343 442 451 but the the players it doesn't matter what formation you play the players have got to put a shift in and you've got to explain to them exactly what they've got to do now why would you put um Semenyo, who's completely out of form, out out of position. Why would you? Well, do I haven't that? even included. Are you talking about like last? You're talking about what Pearson has done, yeah, in the last game. You're talking last, about the middle. Last Saturday, I'm talking about yeah. the, the Borough game. Saturday, what? yeah, the Borough game. Yeah, people are saying, oh well, you know, he didn't have any options. Of course, he did. He had two wing backs on the bench that he's been playing. Yeah, all but he season. could have. But if he desisted with wing backs. By putting in players that aren't wing backs, that compounds it, doesn't it, Ian? Because you know, for Christ's sake, yeah, Vyman and Semenyo, they ain't wing backs. <clears throat> and he played both the wing backs last night. He started with Sykes and Jada Silva. For Christ's sake, man, change your ideas. Yeah. Well, show a bit of variability. I think that's what I mean. One point that Mark Mark's made on here. Um, Pearson says he manages. We need these guys coach. Well, there's enough coaches down there to sink a battleship, Mark. Well, um, what what is Jason Yule doing to coach Antoine Semenyo not to snatch at the ball? Well, I I don't know. And if you look at everything about Semenyo at the moment, is wrong technically. If you look where is when he slashes the ball, look where his non-kicking foot is, and you won't find that in any coaching manual. So. No. I, I don't think, and, and if it look, if it's a lack of effort, all you can do is leave the bloke out. Because if you're going to put a bloke on there and he's not going to try, then that, you know, I'll put up with somebody losing form a bit and and perhaps not being as sharp as he was, but at least try, put right. yourself about getting the way. Let's talk about let's talk about players then that it's not trying but just aren't up for it. I think one player who is I'm not saying he's not trying, but Last night showed, and you say, well, he doesn't get any support, which you're probably right to say that. Chris Martin's finished at this level, in this club, I think. Well, yeah, but last it's- night, it, it, it wasn't at this level, Dave. We played a third division team. I know we did. And do you Stop. really think, do you look at Jay De Silva and you see a bloke who is giving 100%? Because I've said this before, there was that... Danny Rose, who was on loan here uh, from Tottenham years ago, I think it was when Sean O'Driscoll, and he couldn't give a touch. It was Keith. And, it was Keith and, and who was it? Who, who was it? Who was the other bloke? Who was the other bloke we signed from Reading? Um, Nicky Shorey. He played for England, hadn't he? Nicky Shorey. He came. We had him on loan for a period, and he was. Yeah. He did the minimum, and I don't see Jada Silver going on a lung-busting run. He does his little bloody whirling dervish without whirling, and he does his little tippy-tappy. But he's not... He doesn't burst down the wing like Cameron Pring does, like Mickey Bell does, if we're going to... Did, if we're going to wind the clock back a little bit. He's stealing a living. He ain't going to sign a contract. Now, Dave, now, Dave, I think you're being grossly unfair to Jay De Silva. He's not stealing a living. He's just... He, he struggles in the final third. I think he's a good defender. So I think you're being grossly unfair to, to the man oh, there. Okay. Um, All right. 
There's there's a world of difference. You won't see Jada Silva pulling out of tackles. You you no, won't. Fair how many mistakes? Fair is, how many mistakes is Jada Silva made in key areas? I can't remember one. No, so, but he's comment. limited. You know, you you have to look at what players can do. Jay's left back. He's not a wing back. Now he's probably a better, more reliable defender than Campering has been on occasions. Right? Yeah. So okay. if you're going to play, so if you were going to play with wing backs, you you you, I would go. My own view, I'd go with George Tanner and Campering. If you're going to play with wing backs. Because if you're going to play with three central defenders, when you've got Callas fully fit, Callas, Naismith, and Atkinson, that's not a bad back three. But you need the wing back. But the other key thing you need that we haven't got, in my opinion, is enough quality in midfield to get the ball to some forwards who, who undoubtedly know where the, the net is. And Wells and Conway are in decent form, and I would say they'll start against Watford. Um, but you, that's where the problem is, and it's also a problem defensively, because they're not... Um, our midfield are not one thing or the other. You wouldn't look at any of them and say... I mean, Joe Williams likes a tackle, but you wouldn't look at any of them and say, well, they're really good defensive midfield players. So no. you're back in this, no. well, what are they then? Um, Scotty is decent going forward, but he does not get. An, sorry, he doesn't get enough goals and assists, no. and and he doesn't create enough. I mean, on on Saturday, the goal we scored, great team goal, started with Scotty. Good pass to volume, and he yeah. comes inside, yeah. slides no. it across the park to Conway. Conway, lovely vision, slides it back um, to Vyman and he gets he gets it in at the far post. Excellent goal. And I thought, well, if that's how we're going to play and we're going to try and soak up pressure, then, okay, this could finish up 4-3 or anything like. Then we stopped doing it. I mean, they were their Middlesbrough's defence was terrified of Tommy Conway every time he got the ball. Yeah. So we stopped giving it to him. And, and yeah. anybody that and comes the thing out is, and Borough, and, Borough, and Borough went at Blackpool and won 3-0 last night and played them off the park. Apparently, listening, just reading a few comments on Twitter that their fans have put there. Okay, look, the topic, the topic that obviously everybody's waiting for us. You see, we haven't mentioned it so far, um, and I'm just going to read out something Tomo said on here. I think our fan base are deluded. If Pearson gets sacked, we have no money to replace him with an experienced alternative. We will end up with another Millen or McInnes. Well, McInnes wasn't that bad actually; a decent choice. Talks about the likes of Sean Dyche, whose win percentage of 35% of Burnley over a 10-year period. Um, the manager, yeah, and the coaches, yeah. Um, look, I mean, I don't think he's going to go anywhere because, you know, I think we're a rudderless club at the moment. The Lansdowns aren't interested. I don't know if son or father were there last night. We got a chief executive, you said on Radio Bristol last night, I was listening to, D-Mob Happy. Right, we are in the shit, right? But let's talk about if the manager goes. Let's say we lose at home to Watford three 0 Now Watford away. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Dean Olden's last game in charge? It was his Waterloo. We got dubbed up at Vicarage Road six nil, and he was gone. Right? Watford three nil win. Yeah, I mean we get a draw. I said this on Twitter. If we get a draw against Watford, it ain't you know we go in. 
with a little bit of hope. But if we don't get a draw against Watford and they beat us badly, yeah, and 3 0 is bad in my book, yeah, you have got that option to make cut. And I disagree that we would get a second rate manager. I think we're still an attractive proposition for people to come and manage. Um, Ian, do you, on a scale of one to 10, 10 most definitely, and one not in a million years, let's say we lost by that three clear goals against Watford, could be 4-1, 3-0. Do you think anything would happen? Because if you think no, then we might as well end the podcast today now and say we'll be back with a report on the Watford game. Because if you don't do it now with a bad loss, it's the optimum time. Otherwise, what's going to change between now and December the 10th when they come back from the coaching side? Maybe some players come back after injury. So, Ian, on that scale, 1 to 10, bad defeat against Watford, all right? What's going to happen? If I had to um, put my house one way or the other, I'd say Pearson would still be here. Yeah. But not because, he sh- not because he should be here. And this, let me just address this thing. And somebody's made it a comment. Um, I, uh, you know, you're not going to get anyone better. Well, if not the Forest thought that last year, they'd have stuck with Chris Hutton and they may have gone down instead of up. So that's the worst reason not to get rid of someone who's not performing. I don't care if that's in business or at a football club. Um, And if you were going to let him go, this is absolutely ideal timing because you've got the coach is very, very unusually has got a mini pre-season and then to get used to the players, to to look at videos, however they do it, uh, to bring in an assistant coach or whatever, and then you say you've got five league games. Sorry, and you've got five games before the window opens. Uh, it, yeah. After so, Watford, after Watford, I think it's five games before yeah. and including okay. January the first. So, yep. so, but my, the point I'm making, you know, Blackburn could have stuck with Mowbray. He wasn't doing a terrible job, but they brought in Thomason, who with virtually the same team is top of the league. Second. So. When, when people say, oh, well, you know, who, who else are you going to get? We haven't got any money. We haven't got this. Okay, keep saying that and we'll just get relegated. Then we'll go down to, the, to League One and we'll lose between 9 and 11 million in financial revenue. And you see where that leaves us. Oh, Ian, let me just say this, right? Because these, these people say, oh, we won't get anybody any better, right? Let's assume Millwall, let's assume Gary Rower. He ain't going to go to Southampton because what's his face is going there, isn't he? Nathan Jones. That looks like a marriage maybe now. But let's assume Millwall lost their manager, right? Because he went somewhere better and Rowett's got a habit of doing that. Their fans ain't going to say, oh, we ain't going to get anybody any good. Yeah, because we ain't got any money. Well, they haven't got any money. But we got more money than they've got. And, you know, all these clubs that are in, well, above us in the league now, yeah? I mean, you know, Middlesbrough, Okay, the Wilder experiment didn't work. They went out and got Michael Carrick with Jonathan Woodgate alongside him. Well, they've turned it around a little bit. You know, they're now a point ahead of us and they were about six points, eight points behind three weeks ago. So, sorry, those people that say we won't get anybody any better. We <laughs> Better is based on Nigel Pearson's record at Leicester City, right? And without wishing to 
sort of support Mark Carter in any way. But his record is appalling in the last seven years, whichever way you look at it. But so, you, yeah, and that's and that's quite true. But if you look at Pearson's record this year, because somebody on here said, well, overall he's got a 40% win rate. He hasn't. Um, this season, and bear in mind we started off quite brightly, um, his win rate's 30%. And he's picked up 38% of the points that we played for. Now, over a season, that will give you 53, which and I there just has been keeps you up. Normally, that would keep you up. Um, but I, I'm sick to death. It was the first thing people come out with when you speak about Pearson is, oh, Leicester City, you've got to remember what he did. That was over 10 years ago. Okay. Now, bear in mind that another manager came in when um, Pearson got the bullet, having, having kept Leicester up with a fantastic run towards the end of the season. They've been nailed on for relegation. The new manager took over, and with the same team, he won won the Premier League. All right, same team and a, a couple of other sign-ins. It can make a lot of difference, I appreciate. Um, but I, I don't think that, you, you know, you, you go on, you go on supporting him, we can't get anybody better, and this is the way it is, and we haven't got any money, mm. and all this. Yeah. You go straight into... I mean, Jimmy, man, sorry, Jimmy... Jimmy Mann said on here, a switch of formation is not happening. It requires work on the training ground and we don't have time and MP is too stubborn to change. Well, it's that last bit. He's too stubborn to change. As you say, he's got coaches. He's got Pat Mountain. He's got... Um, um, oh God, uh, well, he's got Jason Curtis, Ewell. Curtis. And, uh, and he's got Curtis Fleming, right? Yeah, and he's got himself, but he says he. What does he say? He says I manage, I don't coach. Well, it's about bloody time you did something, Nigel, because we're going to rat shit at the moment. Yeah, we are well and truly going to rat shit. You know, and I'm looking at the Watford lineup. You know, I mean, they're midfield. Well, they're they're front. They're front. I don't know who this Davis is who played last night. I think Joe Pedro got uh, both goals. He's Keenan there. Davis. Astrid. He's on. He's on loan from Aston Villa. He's the same bloke who destroyed us at Forest last year. Not he's not, not Callas. He's not playing. He's not. He's not. He's not playing. For them. Hang on. Who's on the bench? No, I'm looking at. I'm looking at the Watford lineup. Yeah, he must be injured. He must be injured. The Watford lineup: Gosling, Troost, Ekong, Cabaselli, Semer, midfield: Chowdhury, KMB, up front: Aspilla, Jao Pedro, Saar. And somebody called Davis. Oh, you mean Keenan Davis? Yeah, that's yeah. his name, isn't it? Is it? Sorry, you say Keenan, but his name's Davis. Surname's yeah, Davis. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Keenan Davis. That's his name. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was. Well, they haven't put that on BBC. Well, David, web, it doesn't BBC matter. He's, he's been playing up. He's been playing up front for them, and they got right. a far better front forward that we than we got. That's the point you're trying to arrive well, at. Yeah, exactly. As therefore, you know. <laughs> Somebody, somebody put on the thread on here, you know, probably end up playing Jada Silva as one of the centre-backs who are that short. Yeah, so I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. So we don't think he's going to leave, yeah? You said you put your money on him still being here. <sighs> what's going to change? Yeah, no problem. I mean, if, what's going to change? I mean... If you, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. And at the moment, we're doing what Pearson's always done. He's been here for 80 league games. 80. 8 0. He's won 25, hasn't he? He's won 23 of the league games. Right. 
23. His win rate, 29%. Now, his points rate is 37%. Now, that is going to get you to 51. So, you with a, which with a bit of luck, but I agree with something Neil said on here the other week, that a side with 50 points is going to go down. Because this year, this year, yeah, yeah, there isn't there the club, there aren't in the club down there. This cut adrift, no one's got as of yet a points deduction. So, honestly, if you don't change it, fine. If that's your opinion, we go as we are. Then, when we get relegated, you can have no complaints. Yeah, don't complain, don't come. Oh, well, yeah, I thought we'd be all right in Leicester City and Nigel Pearson. Yeah, all right, fantastic. If that's your view on life, brilliant. I haven't got a problem with that. It's it's a valid opinion. All opinions of the fans at the club are valid, right? And if that's the way you see it, fine. We, st- we stick with what we've got. But yep. honestly, I don't think, you know, I mean, let's be honest, it would be the most Bristol City thing in the world to do to go out and play well and beat Watford on beat Saturday. Watford. And, and then it's happy days because then you've got three weeks to get everybody back. I mean, Naismith, the 10 days is going to end up being 10 weeks by the time we finish. Callas should be back, maybe put in a few good games and somebody might buy him. Because, and when are we going to offer contracts to these players that are out of contract? Because you've well, you got to say you had. And, you're saying we haven't offered them contracts. You don't know. Well, if we have, and they've why yeah. why why is Masengo being scapegoated then by just being banished to the under twenty ones? Well, because he's he's obviously made it clear, as I said eighteen months ago, that he's not signing a new contract. All right, but if Jada Silva's being offered a new contract and he's um in an ring, right? Well, Dave, you you know, know, it's like you're talking like we got fifty players. What do you want to do? Put the under twenty ones out because they all want to stay here. You've got to put every club has got players that are going to leave. You, you've seen it with big clubs. I mean, look at Arsenal; they lost Lacazette and Aubameyang for nothing. Yeah, and they cost them right. well over at what one hundred and forty million between the two of them. Yeah, it happens. It, so yeah. what you've got to be, but they didn't say to uh, Lacazette and Aubameyang, right? You're not playing anymore. As soon as they wouldn't sign a new contract. Because players won't be bullied because they'll just say, yeah, all right, well, look, I'm copping at 150 grand a week or 300 grand a week or whatever they're on at Arsenal. I'll, yeah, I'll come into training every day and I'll have my Saturdays off. Thanks very much. Yeah. And just picking up, Sam said on here, he said at the fans forum that we haven't offered contracts yet, didn't he? Oh, he put question mark on there. But we should. We should be saying to... Damn, the players we want to keep, yeah, and surely you want to keep Callas, right? But the players you want to keep, uh, revised terms, we should know, because all the finances have been done, we should know how much we can afford to offer Thomas Callas now, right? And he should be presented with a contract and say, are you going to sign that contract? If he says no, or I think about it, right, then yeah. at least... It can be publicised like it has been with Masengo because it's been, well, we've offered him one and he's not signed it. Let's have mm-hmm. them say, well, we've offered Jay and Callas, but we'll get the value out on the pitch to quote another former chief executive about Famara Deju, right? But, you know, if Callas is, say, on 25 grand a week, 
at the moment. He's which not. Is a figure that, he, sorry? He's, he, he's not. Is he on less? Yes. All right, let's say he's on 20, right? And we offer him 14. And he says, yeah. nah. Then yeah. do you play him or don't you play him? Because if you don't no, play no, him, just, I just, why are you being I'll harsh on Masengo? Why are you being harsh on Masengo? Well, because for some reason, he's got the raving up with the kid. Now, Masengo, in fairness, doesn't do himself a favour with some of his performances because he is the type of guy who has a very good game. Look at the game he had at Preston last year. Ran the game from start to finish. Absolutely brilliant. We still didn't win. But you've you've got... Um, if the player's under contract, that works in the club's favour. So we, we extend Semenyo's contract and say, look, if you want to leave the club, that's fantastic. But if this rumour about Bournemouth coming in with 12 million in the summer... That twelve million looks a hell of a lot of money at the moment for Semenyo, doesn't it? Again, I don't think we get two million for him. Just want to pick up on what Tembury Robbins said on here. No player would take an early pay cut. They'll sit and wait until June, July. I yeah. totally agree with that. I wasn't expecting them to take an early pay cut, but City, right, should make their intentions clear, right, as to what they are going to be offered in June and July. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Well, the first thing I mean, we got to know is, is well, the first thing no, well, the first thing we got to know is what division we're in. So well, the, there would probably be two offers. If we're in the championship, this is what you'll get. If we're in League One, you'll have to have this. Because if if you think we got financial problems now, you might see if when we go down the financial problems we got. Uh, because. The income, particularly as the Premier League clubs have voted to give EFL clubs more money, but it will be done on a where you finish in the division basis. It's not like all um, championship clubs will get the same. It will be like the Premier League, where you get more for finishing top than finishing bottom. Well, that makes sense. All right. It you does. say about going down, Ian. You say about going down, right? And yeah. oh, we'll be in the ship financially, right? But I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm just looking at League One while we're talking, right? Okay. And let's just run through the teams that are there, right? Because Plymouth, right? But we don't hear that they're not losing ten million. Yeah, Ipswich. Well, they're a special case because they've got the Arizona State Pension Fund putting money in there. Sheffield Wednesday get big crowds, haven't had playoffs. Don't hear that. They've had, um, what was it, the, one of the Far Eastern family, they've had problems. Peterborough, they're up there. They're going to get Dave, big crowds. Dave, all these clubs, Dave, Ian, all these clubs are surviving. You know, Portsmouth, Dave, they've been Dave, down at that have, lower oh, level. Honestly, Dave, honestly, sure. when, when were Plymouth in the Championship? Not for 10 years, probably. Right, that's why they're. That's why you don't hear that they're struggling, and they have been taken over two or three times. They've got a guy down there now who's got a, okay. a who's a bit of a visionary. I don't think he's got the right. kind of money that. Now the, the players that we've got, people like Wells, Callas, Bentley, ain't going to be playing in League One. Take it from me, they'll be gone. So you'll save a lot of money. We will save. Um, I I just back of a fag packet. The players, all the players that are out of contract that I think will leave, it'll be somewhere between um, eight and 10 million off the wage bill. Right? There you go. But yeah, but you've still got to replace them. In, unless you say, well, no, next season, that's it. We're playing the kids. 
all right? Which is a, it's assuming, and this is this is what's worrying me. People at Ashton Gate assume we'll be in the championship next season. It's an assumption. The board are full of it. They assume yeah. it. I, don't, I think it's a dodgy assumption looking at... No, I agree. Well, you know, what you say about if you assume anything, it can make an ass of you and me. All right, Ian, look, we, oh. we, I think we've... The one thing we haven't said on here is, you know, some people have alluded to it on the text feed now, is, um, you know, how culpable are the owners in all of this because the problem goes right to the very top. And as I said at the weekend, repeating what I said on Radio Sheffield, you know, we... we we have underachieved and we've got a fantastic, um, we're, we're lucky to some extent that we do have an owner and chief executive in all but name in Steve Lansdowne. But a poor bloke is being a fool with his money. And we got, yes, we've got great infrastructure, right? But isn't it about time that this new investment that was mooted, yeah? comes about. I mean, it was interesting. I was chatting to a Derby County fan this morning. Uh, they're playing Liverpool tonight. And, uh, you know, they're struggling a bit at the moment. But they, somebody bought, a local businessman bought Derby County for 58 million quid. And he said, and he wasn't a particularly informed on football finances, but he said he paid over the odds for it. Yeah. You've got Liverpool now, uh, Fenway Sports Group have decided, yeah, maybe we don't want to be in football. You know, you're talking about 4 billion for Liverpool Football Club, yeah, three billion for Chelsea. Um, it's. Do you think the Lansdowns are committed Ian, now? Well, do you think they thought? Do you think right there, by now you're sitting here thinking, Jesus Christ, it's more trouble than it's worth. He's seventy this year, is Steve? His boy doesn't seem the remotest bit interested. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it time? Well, to, to sort of look at the legacy. Yeah, so so who's complete gonna... the sporting quarter. Complete the sporting quarter. Yeah. And have the Bristol Sport. We've said this before. Let somebody else run the bloody football club. So who so okay, so you're gonna buy a football club that's lost seventy million in the last two years. You're gonna do yeah, that? Well so well so, it's like somebody buying Derby County for fifty eight million quid. And let's put it this yeah. way if there's enough idiots be... out there with shitload of money Right, a shitload so, of money. That now could go now out. you're saying, well, hang on. Now you're saying you want idiot to run the football club. No, I don't, more, more I don't mean it. I don't mean it. Look, all right. Look, Arizona Pension it's, Fund. Right, yeah. Ashton got them in there. For all we know, he could have been trying to introduce them to City and Lansdowne, yeah. being the owner of all of it. Like any owner, it's like, oh, let's bring some equity. Let's bring some extra money into the business. Oh, oh, I got to give up my equity because Lansdowne owns. Everything, lock, stock, and barrel. Right? So, no, they don't have to be idiots. They're people with money that want football as a play thing. Yeah? Yeah, Dave. But but, Vincent Tan at at Cardiff, right? He's not an owner of choice, but at least their fans have had two periods in the top flight in the time since we lost to Hull in a playoff 14 years ago. There was somebody on OTID today who was just turned 40. He said, my generation, it was the title, the most underachieving city in European football. We bloody are. He's not wrong. You've got to be 50. You've got to be 50 now to remember seeing City playing in 
the top flight. That's how old you yeah, are. Yeah, but, but you're still not explaining to me why somebody had come in and buy our football club. I mean, the people well, who same got reason, football, why would somebody buy a Derby they, County football club? Well, because he was a massive Derby County fan and he had a, a lump of money spare and he wanted to do it. Now, let's see where they are in two or three years' time. Um, we've got some... The infrastructure at our club is attractive. The crowds are fairly attractive. Um, but... The amount of money that we're losing now, next season, if we can stay in the championship and if all those players go and we replace them with um, out-of-contract players and guys from League One, um, mm. and if we do okay, uh, how much money are we going to lose then? I think I'd, I'd need to see a projection of that. I mean, the, the Arizona Pension Fund got Ipswich for nothing. So there's a big difference between Lansdowne ain't going to... I mean, he might give the football team away, but he's not going to give away... No, he's not going to give the... No, 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 no. And that's... And again, we've been saying this for 18 months on the podcast, right? Lansdowne can bask in... He can keep the rugby. He can bask in everything that he's created, right? But the football club could be debt-free and an attractive proposition, yeah, and we remain an attractive... Hang on, Dave. How's the club going to be debt-free? Explain that. Well, just... I, I can't in as many words, but it doesn't have to... Well, it's nonsense because it, you're, you're basically telling the bloke to, to forgive well over £100 million worth of debt. So how's, how's it going to... So what it's you're in saying his is... Gift to do, it's in his gift to do that because he can get that back. He could put together a contract where you get that back, right, based on getting them into the top flight because we only need two seasons in the top level and it's paid back the 100 million that he's spunked away that's, over the last 15 it. years. It's not 100 million, it's closer to 300 million. Well, and, including the infrastructure, honestly, including Dave, the infrastructure, Ian, sorry, including the infrastructure, it's a quarter of a, it's probably 250 million quid. But as you rightly point out, the last two years we've lost not far short of 70 million quid, which is an absolute bloody disgrace of mismanagement. Well, I'm not going to argue with that, but going back to he should sell the club, I think if he gave the football club away, just the football club, not the stadium, not the two, not the two uh, training centres, and if you could extricate the club, the football club, from um, Bristol Sport, which I think it is possible. He That's was just still, what I said, it becomes debt-free. No, it's not debt-free, Dave. It's not debt-free. Well, you just said if he can extricate the football club yes, from the rest the of football, it. The football club, look at the accounts, Dave. It's the football club that's lot the, lot the money, and the football club has got debt. So you're saying just forgive all that and give it away for nothing. Is that what you're saying? Well, you just said that. You just said if he can if he can tie off the football club. Yeah, I said if, Dave. I said right, if he but can if, to get but the if, football but how club. much does he put? So if he can hive off the football club, and somebody said on the thread here, you probably can with all the jiggery pokery that goes on. But if you know he could, he could put he could give somebody take over the football club like you said and say it owes a loan to Bristol Sport of a hundred million. Right, and that's repayable on you getting the club into the Premiership, and you play it back over a set amount of time. Because right here, right now, 
even next year, right, we're going to continue to lose, I would say, between 10 and 20 million based on how things are at the moment, even with those players off the wage bill. You know, yeah. we're going to be at 10 million a year. So he has almost got to do it that way where he, as you say, he hives the football club off and says, you've got a debt of 100 million to Bristol Sport, right? But I'm not going to call that debt in. But when you get promoted, right, your first sort of 100 million, your first 50 million that you get from the Premier League, you pay off that loan, right? Half of it. And if you stay up a second season, you can pay it the second half. And it's all ifs, buts yeah, and maybes. That would be very nice. But, but that's... How is he going to eliminate the losses that he's already accumulated? Ignore the infrastructure, the trading losses, right? There comes a point where you've got to bite the bullet and say, oh, that, was, that, was, that went a bit wrong. You know, I invested in a business once with the best intentions, and it, it didn't work. I lost 50,000 quid. You just yeah. have to write it off. It's an investment. Because yeah, but... it, it's, like, it's like he's doing... If he makes another shit managerial appointment, if Pearson goes, which everybody says, well, he's shit at choosing managers. Right? He's lost his chief executive now. You know, I, I just want to walk away from the whole... I'd want to walk away from anything to do with Bristol City Football Club if I was in now. I'd be disheartened. I'd be... Well, yeah, and I, I think that's... I'd feel like Josh Lowe felt when he gave away that goal. All right, so he's dishonest. Press forward. Yeah, he still needs. Hang on a minute. Calm down. He just, but he <laughs> needs someone who's going to go for that deal. And every time I've seen someone go for the deal where they have the football club, but they don't own the ground, etc., etc., it's ended in tears. Palace in Brentford were two examples, although you look where they are now. I think Palace went into administration about three times, haven't they? Yeah. Still in the Premier so, League now, though. <laughs> they are, and so is Brentford. So, you know, yes, it, they, the, the owners of the club um, certainly uh, aren't blameless in this because anyway. it's like anything. You just said you ran a business, you invested 50 grand in it, and it didn't work. Well, I didn't run fault. it. I didn't run it. I actually invested well, you in invested. it. Because it seemed, I invested because it seemed it was a good idea. Right, but yeah. for different reasons it didn't work. But I can't, you know. I just, you just have to let that go. Sometimes you just got to let it go. And yeah, that's, that's what absolutely, I'm saying. The Lansdowne can keep the infrastructure. He's bought the Bristol Sport. He's building the sporting quarter for the uh, the Flyers. He's got the training ground. He can have all of that. And so Bristol City becomes Bristol. Okay, Dave. This is this all sounds great. Why hasn't it happened? Well, there you go. Maybe maybe that's what Ashton was trying to do with the Arizona Pension Fund. And Lansdowne didn't want to give up control. So it's a vanity project as well, you know, to some of it. But the football club now has got to be more trouble than it's worth to the Lansdowne's. It really has. Because you've got like 13... How many people are going to buy season tickets next season? Well, I, I didn't think that many would buy them this season, but you know, I was surprised. It was it's about fourteen thousand, isn't it? Yeah, and we got so, a full house as near as damn it. Watford have sold out their 
there's going to be a yeah. 21, 22,000 crowd. I, I don't, as I've said before, I don't think you can put <coughs> a phone, I know there weren't much of a crowd down there last night, but it's the Carabao Cup and it's Lincoln City, yeah. right? Yeah. So, and if people are, are going to, and I know it was only a tenner for an adult, but if people are going to pick one game out of those two, you know which game they're going to pick. So I, I wouldn't criticise our fans in terms of, A, the number we get at home, yeah. given where we are and the, the level of performance on occasions, and certainly yeah. the people that travel away, I think they should all get uh, peerages. Because, yeah. you know, I, I, and I know exactly what it's like, because I did it for 20 years, every game home yeah. and away. And the, the, the home games were away games for me because of where I was living at the time. So I do feel their pain, and I do know exactly what it's like. Yeah. But, okay. You know. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, to, Mark Small has said on Mark Small has said on here, support the team in the conference if necessary. Yeah, but Dave, that's you what and we're I, like. Look, that's what we're like. Dave, that's what we're no, like. Dave, 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 look back and see what crowds we got when we were bottom of the third and fourth division. Oh, five, Four. six thousand. I know. Yes. I know. Yeah. I was there. So, I was there. But that's I was not. There. Yeah, but that's not normal, right? That's what happened. Your your crowds, your crowds just drop off. Yeah, so was I. But your crowds just drop, I know. and they will do. If we if we go down to League One, um, a lot of people won't buy season tickets. You've got the cost of living crisis, which is really going. I thought it was going to bite this year, but it's not. It's going to yeah. bite next year. Big increase in unemployment, right? Yeah. And there's so everything's adding up to well. If I've got any luxury purchases, can I afford them? Or where, yeah. where do I cut? Do I cut the food bill? Do I not take the kids on holiday? Do I stop going down the city ground? And it's the latter. I, I just got to say, what you say about crowds, I mean, if you look at Portsmouth, you know, even with their struggles, perennial struggles, and you know, you've got Brighton and Southampton pretty close to where they are, but they consistently get in the teens, high teens, and when they're doing well, they're getting not far short of 20. And if you go even and further down, and, and if you go the, even, and they've been in the Premier League. Let's not forget that. No, no. And then if you go even further down, yeah. And I think they do this through innovative pricing. Bradford City can't believe their crowds. You know, they're getting twelve and thirteen thousand even more down in League Two. And I mean, let's talk a little bit about uh, non-league. Just a quick word for Nailsea and Tickingham, who are enjoying a tremendous season. Got to put that little mention in there for my mate Rich, who said give him a mention. Uh, I've been down to watch them play. They're playing Bath City in a game at uh, the ground, which is on the west end of Nailsea. Uh, I think it's a week on Tuesday. Uh, is it? Yeah, Tuesday, not next Tuesday, Tuesday after. They're playing Bath City in a cup game. So if you want to see a bit of decent local football, I think it costs about four quid to get in. Nailsea and Tickingham versus uh, Bath City in the Somerset Premier, Premier Cup, I think it is. But they're having a great season in the Tool Station. Uh, just got promoted to that club. has been going, I think, less than 30 years. So well done to uh, Nailsea and uh, Ticken. And uh, I hope that guy at Bath City is OK. That sounded dreadful what happened uh, to him. The match was uh, abandoned because I think it's Alex Fletcher, his name, collided with yeah. uh, an advertising hoarding. So we wish, uh, wish him well on that. Well, look, it's been you and me having a good old natter. I don't think we've been knee-jerk. I don't think we've been destructive we've tried to be what we always are some idiots uh, say oh i bet you love it you know that we are where we are losing to lincoln no we don't love it we bloody hate it and when i go off on things sometimes and ian has to calm me down it's not 
because I love it, it's because it's 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 the football club that I've watched for fifty five years now, and you know I hate I I hate to see it's not injustice, but I just hate to see incompetence or something. There's something intrinsically going wrong, and we all wanted Nigel as manager. But as Ian yeah. said on more than one occasion in this podcast now, you know, no other manager would lead the charmed life. They'd be gone at any other club other than Bristol City. But then it was only Bristol City that were going to give, then a championship club, but give a rookie manager, Lee Johnson, his first game, his first uh, managerial job at that level. And when we say it's only Bristol City that would do that, it's Lansdowne's doing that. And now it's up to the Lansdowne's to make some sort of statement yeah, about either having confidence in the manager. It's a difficult time. We need to see a statement coming from the very top, and I mean above Richard Gould, particularly if we lose on Saturday, you know, and they're trying to sell second half of the season season tickets. Bloody good luck with that one then, all you poor people in the commercial department. But uh, we'll be there on Saturday, Ian, won't we, against Watford? Yeah? We and will. Uh, would like nothing more, and it would be typical Bristol City if against Watford we put in one of those displays that we know we can. And then the clouds are gone, and we've got three weeks to focus on a World Cup competition. That, quite honestly, you know, the level of expectation of England in that World Cup is pretty much at the same level of expectation that the board engendered in the fan base at City, who maybe explains Ian. While we are sleepwalking to relegation, your term, I've seen a few other people use it on the forum and on Twitter, but that's what you think, isn't it, Ian? That unless something changes, and soon, and that doesn't necessarily mean the manager, but yeah, the buck stops well, there. You, we are sleepwalking, aren't we? Well, if, yeah, and, and I just need somebody to tell me what's going to change. The only thing I could think is going to change, and it's a real positive change, is after the World Cup break, uh, Callas and Naismith should be fully fit, and I think they'll make they will make a difference. Will be better, yeah. um, but what else is 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 going to change that will suddenly make us um, stop conceding goals, stop con- or a better team and a better watch on a lot of occasions. But mm. with the players that we've got available, we dominated and should have beaten Sheffield United, yeah, who were up up, up at the top of the league. So, but I mean, they got beat by Rotherham. They lost to Rotherham, and that just shows anybody can beat anybody. And Rotherham have less expectation than we do as a fan base, I'm sure. Anybody can beat anybody, but that anybody's got to play well. And if you're not, it's not the fact we're we're just the fact we're losing games. On occasions, we're we're playing quite well. We played. I thought we played well against Sheffield United. Uh, we had enough chances to bury Swansea, although yeah. we didn't have a lot of the ball, which is a good thing for us. Um, yeah. But I, no. I just I don't see what's going to suddenly, apart from you know a couple of players coming back from injury, um, I can't see what's going to happen. It's going to change it. And well, that's what we we're hanging on now is Callas. We're hanging games, on Callas. Yeah, we're hanging with, on Callas and Dave Smith. With all the games that Callas has missed, is is he going to come back like the old fit and fire in Thomas Callas? Please God, he is, and so is Naismith. But let's you know, let's wait and see. 
Uh, well, that's all we've crossed. got to come back. Really, Ian, that is the hope that those two being available for selection because the rest of it is as you were. Well, and, you know, and staying is, fit. And staying it's, fit. You know, because you can't, say, you can't say when uh, Kane Wilson uh, comes back, that's going to make, because he's just not proven at this level. You know, George Tanner, not proven at this level. We're pinning everything on come November the 10th, uh, sorry, December the 10th, when we play up at Rotherham's ground, whatever it's called these days, when we play up there, the Callas and Naismith are in the starting lineup because we ain't got any strikers injured at the moment. Have we? No, but you've got yeah. Antoine. Well, it, it would be, would well, it be interesting if Antoine was left out of Ghana's World Cup squad? I think that, has he been named in the 55? I don't know. I don't know. Yes, he's been anyway. in the 55. But anyway, anyway, that's by the by. It's by the by. Ian, you'll be back with me on Sunday morning when we record our uh, Watford review. And then we'll have a little break for a few weeks, which will be, uh, I'm sure you get sick of the sound of our voices. But it's just because we're passionate about a club that we we love. There's no two ways about that. You know, I can't get worked up. I had a season ticket at Villa for a few years and I shared it. Uh, and it's just not it's just not the same watching football. I've got all the TV sport on my TV. I, I can watch it. I watched a bit of Liverpool and uh, Spurs and Liverpool at the weekend. But it is Bristol City. And, you know, let's just hope that we can stay in the division this year. That has to be the priority. It's our eighth season at this level, isn't it, Ian? Yeah, our eighth season at this level. Please, please don't let it be our last. So we've got to endure another half dozen seasons. You know, I mean, I'm running out of years, everybody, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just like to see us being about eighth or ninth and having a whiff of the playoffs. And to pick up your point, Ian, we could win three games in a row straight after the international break. We're right back up there, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's a tight division, but the, 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 as I said the other week, the opposite applies. I know. You know, you lose to, you. I mean, we've lost, I think we've won, is it two in the last 12? Yes, and it that's, is. That's got, that's got us where we are. And, yeah. and where we are is, is in trouble, uh, particularly if we don't win Saturday. If we lose Saturday, we could go in in the bottom three. And yeah. I still don't think the Lansdowns will act. No. Well, that's your no. part in shot, Ian. That's, uh, that remains well, to be seen. Everybody, thanks a lot. Good number of people listening. Ian, have a good... There's a time I always feel happy As happy as a king When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along Along There'll be no more sobbing When he stops throbbing his old sweet song Oh, wake up Wake up, you sleepyhead Get up Get up, get out of bed Cheer up Cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins out, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red, round was out, ba-ba-bobbing along.